You're listening to Community Union's Education Policy Podcast for England with Martin and Rob. In this special conference episode, we talk to National Officer Helen Osgood and Vice Chair-Elect of the Education Sector Committee, Caroline MacDonald, about the Education Report and their experiences of conference. And we hear from Melinda Standring and Jessica Toll on the emergency motion raised about the situation in Ukraine. Yes, so welcome along to the June edition of the Education Policy Podcast for England. And this month is a really special edition of the podcast because we have interviews with staff and members who attended the biennial conference in Belfast last month. So without further ado, uh, let's crack on with the podcast. Now, Martin and I attended the biennial conference in Belfast. and we had a great time, didn't we, Martin? It was fantastic. It was a brilliant experience, along with, uh, you know, around about three or four hundred other delegates who uh, joined us in the International Conference Centre in Belfast. Absolutely. And it was really good to really uh, feel a part of community uh, and have the first time the education sections been at the conference because of the pandemic and so on, of course. Uh, So that was a really great experience for us. So the first of our guests for this episode of the podcast is National Officer for Education, Helen Osgood. Now, Helen, at the conference, you were required to give a report on the sector. And we wondered if, first of all, if you'd mind uh, giving us a bit of a summary of that report. Hi, Rob. Yeah, really great to be here today talking about this report. And it was really great to go over to conference and take our education sector delegates. It was a real opportunity for them to meet all of the other delegates and get to know people and really bed in with the union we're really pleased to do it the report that I gave um, spanned over a couple of pages in the conference document I wanted to do two things with the report one of them was let everybody know about all the massive developments we've had in our sector over the last year which have been phenomenal the officers lay members have done some amazing work really to highlight the issues of our members and I wanted to talk about that I wanted to one of the motions was all about pay so I wanted to really set the scene on what is happening with pay and education for people because as you know the situation in in nursery schools and colleges across the whole education landscape is very dire and we raised this um, Martin and I when we went to the school teachers review body and we were talking how important it is that this year teachers get a rise um, and that they deserve and keeps pace with inflation because it's really important. We're seeing inflation at one of the highest points that we've ever seen, um, running at just over 9% at the minute. You're absolutely right, Helen. Uh, Interest rates are are really high, and we've just uh, heard that uh, the Bank of England is likely to increase interest rates to the the highest that they've been for, for 30 years, which obviously is going to have an impact on the buying power of people, particularly if their salaries don't keep up with those uh, rates. We're going to be talking to Dean next month. Dean raised the motion about student loans and we're going to be talking later on in this episode with uh, Caroline MacDonald who raised the motion about teacher pay as well. So those things are going to be covered. So the other thing I wanted to do with the conference report was to reach out to the early years sector Now, we have a lot of members in the early years sector. They are predominantly made up of females who are on low pay 
And there's a lot of work to be done with early years workers. A lot of early years workers don't believe that there's a union for them. So I use my conference speech to reach out to those early years workers and say to them, there is a union for, for, for you and community is that union for early years. We've made some real good contacts with people at the conference. We're going to be doing some work with the early years all about raising expectations and getting a salary structure in place for year, early years workers. It's going to take us some time. We will need to set up parent groups, worker groups, member groups, a steering committee to do that and it's going to take us some time but we want to really push um, on the government to lobby um, for the early years workers because we deserve it better because that's the foundation of a child's education. Start at early years not at age five when they get to school so it's really important that those workers in that sector have a voice and communities that voice for them the student loans motion was really important to us because it's saddling young people with a lifetime of debt and that's not good enough. Our young people deserve better. I remember a time when we used to invest in young people in this country. And now what we're saying is that young people have often, as we heard from Dean at the conference, had 50, 60,000 pounds worth of debt starting out their working life. So we're going to be setting up a steering group all about the student loans with all the key players in. So we'll have lay members and our professional staff setting up the steering group groups we're going to be talking at this we've got our education sector committee coming up on the 25th of June and we're going to be having a lot of debate about how we take forward the motion on student loans because it's really important that we don't just talk about it although it's great to talk about it and raise awareness on on the reality of what's happening with student loans but one of the key things we need to do is act on it and we need to put pressure on MPs and ministers to to make sure there is a better system and our young people deserve a better system and not to be saddled with a lifetime of debt. That's really great, actually, because I think one of the things we really wanted to ask during this podcast was what will happen now that those motions have passed? And you've just picked on one of the motions, the student loans one, and talked about what will happen um, you know, going forward. So really appreciate that. Um, and you know, completely agree. I'm one of those people with a with a with a student loan. Thankfully, I got in just before the the top up fees came in. Um, but even I'm still paying mine off now. You know, years later after being a teacher and obviously now working for the community, it's still going. On. It's not really a loan at all, is it? Like I think Martin Lewis says, it's a graduate tax ultimately. So. So beyond perhaps the motions and uh, and your reports and so on and so forth, was there anything else that came from the conference that you feel will set the direction for the education sector of community for the next year or two? I think um, there was some really good debates. There was some really key things that we can get involved in. We met some people from across the union and other education sector members. And indeed, we met Grace and Violet, who talked on some of the motions as well. And now we're, we're reaching out to other people to come along, have a look at our education sector committee, have a look at the committees we have and get involved with us. So we're growing um, our involvement with our members and we're reaching out to people to come along and get involved so we are creating a movement within the education sector that can be a key player to tackle real issues and some of those real issues come out at conference young carers was another one 
for instance, young carers are often forgotten um, and, and left out. So making key links with young carers, charities through the conference and reaching out to help the young carers is, is um, vitally important for us. Yeah, absolutely. And later on in this podcast, we're going to be speaking to Jessica Toll, who isn't a, an education sector member, but was at conference and perhaps one of those people we might be able to do some work with uh, over time. Helen, thanks so much for uh, joining us on the podcast. It's really great to have you here, but we should definitely do it again sooner rather than later. As a closing comment, is there anything that you would like to say to members so that in two years time at the next conference, wherever that may be held, we might be able to have more members attend, more delegates uh, and more motions? Yeah, um, Martin, I'd, I'd definitely be saying to all our members, do do become active with us as a union. Becoming a union member, it can be as big a role as you want to make it, but do engage with us, do get active either in your local schools, colleges, universities or nurseries. Um, there's lots of great reps roles, there's learning rep roles, health and safety rep roles, workplace reps roles and just being a member is vitally important to us and encouraging other members to join because it's really important that members are part of a union so that we can do all the great work that we see in the culmination of in conference and in the next two years I want to see you know some some real actions taken forward as a result and it's member driven the members are driving this you know it's not about us the union is the members so I think that's a really important point to make and, and we work really hard with their members so my message to all the members out there would be get active with us get to know your local officer help and work together to take action on issues that really matter to you because that's what makes work and life better for people is us tackling them issues to make life better for people it's really important absolutely completely agree Helen and actually almost as if we planned it which seems to be one of our favorite um, phrases on this podcast we're now going to move on to a conversation uh, with one of our members who was at conference, Caroline McDonald. So we're here with Caroline McDonald, primary school teacher from Fife in Scotland. Caroline's actually been on uh, the formerly the Voice Council for five years and is now vice chair-elect of the Education Sector Committee. Uh, Caroline, you were at um, conference. Um, how did you enjoy it, first of all? I absolutely loved it. It was one of the best experiences of my union career. Absolutely fantastic. Such a wonderful learning experience. I mean, that's a really great thing to hear, isn't it? Off the first off the bat. So how would you say it compared to um, voice conferences in the past? Um, was this what you expected? Voice conferences were much, much smaller. And because they were only really focused on education, because that was the role of voice, it was a very different experience when I first walked into the room and I realised how many delegates there were and I saw the wide range of motions, I was quite taken aback. I was surprised by how much this union covered and mm. by how slick the conference was. It was so professional and so beautifully organised. It was more than I had expected. Did you find interest in some of the other sectors' motions as well? Absolutely. In fact, that was one of the highlights for me was learning about all the other sectors. I obviously am a primary school teacher, so my interest in all forms of education, everything that was covered through apprenticeships, meeting teachers who work in prisons and justice service, meeting social workers and people who work with the children who the education system hasn't maybe worked for 
all of those people that I met at conference this year, I would not normally have been able to meet at a voice conference. So it gave me a bigger picture of what our union was about. So thinking about that, were there any proposals, you know, formally called motions that particularly caught your eye, either ones from the education specific sector or from the uh, the wider community family? Obviously, the motions to do with paying conditions within our sector were very interesting, but I was genuinely impressed with the motions that were brought forward about apprenticeships, because I think that over the years we've become very caught up in tertiary education and we've moved away from that concept of an apprenticeship and the value it has. And it was just lovely to hear people from across the sectors. And there was nobody that could disagree from any of the sectors with what was being proposed. And it was lovely to think that we were all singing from that same hymn sheet and that the value of education was seen throughout every sector. Martin and I, I'm sure we both agree with that because we've talked at length um, over the last couple of years about whether education's really do, you know, is it providing what it really needs to for people as they leave school age or go into further education? If putting through all students through a number of very academic GCSEs is really the right way to go and apprenticeships done the right way are a really good um, alternative to that. Uh, so so in, time, in terms of inside the conference hall itself, then we'll come back to outside in a minute, but inside the conference hall, you've, you kind of already mentioned some of them, to be honest with you, but was there a particular highlight? It was something that particularly stuck with me. One of the highlights was the feeling in the room. It's very hard to put into words how friendly and supportive that room felt. I was speaking for the first time at conference and I felt fully supported by everybody, not just within the education sector, not just within Team Scotland, but by everybody when I looked around the room and I was catching eyes of people that I'd met across the week I felt really supported. Two motions that were particularly strongly felt and stayed with me afterwards were about the support from children and students and families from Ukraine Mm. and also the motions that were put forward relating to conversion therapy and the passion and the genuine real emotion with which people spoke. But it obviously felt like a safe place for those people who were speaking because they were up there bearing their hearts and souls. And in a huge room of 300 people that they didn't Mm. know, that was impressive. And I felt that that actually encompassed for me what community conference was. It was that supportive place where people could share and talk about things that were contentious, but it was done in such a sincere manner. Yeah, I'm, we're going to come back to Ukraine uh, slightly later in the podcast. So thank you for mentioning that. It's almost as if it was planned. Um, but no, I completely agree. And, and being in the hall, sort of uh, being in the in the you know outside the hall between sessions um, and chatting to people, as you sort of alluded to a moment ago, you got that sense, I think, didn't you, of people of community with a small c, no pun intended people have, having a safe space to chat with one another. So you're, the, as, as, as I mentioned uh, in the introduction, you're the um, now the vice chair-elect for the Education Sector Committee. The next conference is in two years' time. What are your hopes uh, for the education sector over the next two years then before that next conference? I'm hoping that we will become more embedded within community and the ways in which community works. That's one thing I'm really hoping for because we're still at the early stages in that transition journey. Before I went to conference, I had been part of the team that had helped, you know, phone round members and all the rest of it in the transition period. But I didn't realise just how good a fit community union was for voice members. 
I hadn't seen the links across sectors. I hadn't thought that people working in light industries or justice sector had the same sort of issues as we did. But we were talking about menopause and we were talking about workers' rights and training and all sorts. So I would hope that that part would have moved on. I would also like to see more of the general membership. Most of the people who were there at conference were people who serve on the sector committee. And I would really love to see more people who are community members coming along who don't necessarily have that formal role within the organisation, but who are genuine committed members and who want the best for our organisation and their workers. For me, the highlight was that we got to meet people um, who are going to be on this podcast today with us, who um, work in education, who aren't in these sections, who we then, like you just said, found really common ground with. I think as well uh, that your desire to see more of the regular members get more and more involved in the work that community is doing rather than it just being those people who are on the sector committees or the the the, the, uh, the leadership attending these these events because the more that we can get people involved the more that we can stand together to quote the tagline from the conference very good but line. also the thank you but also the more that we can empower people because knowledge, and there was an awful lot of knowledge shared at conference, the knowledge really does help people to make a difference to their colleagues in their workplaces. Um, and so I'm really hopeful that that will, you know, sort of grow the education sector and the other sectors as well. We've spoken, obviously, about what was happening inside the hall. Were there any particular highlights from the whole event? Belfast itself was an absolute highlight for me. I had never been, and it is a stunning city full of warmth and wit and absolute beauty. But one of the other highlights was meeting the other Scottish delegates. I'd never met them before. That was quite a scary prospect, actually, when I was travelling across with people I didn't know to a city I didn't know. But because the organisation was so beautifully done and because the people are fabulous within the organisation, actually, within like an hour we were all best buds and one of the other highlights for me was walking into the room and just seeing faces that I'd been on little training courses with. I walked into the room and obviously I saw Rob and I was pointing and weaving and I saw a steel worker that I'd been on a course with and was acknowledged by him and then we had a chat later on and it was building those little relationships, whether it was at the gala dinner, when it was, whether it was because we were all in the same hotel, walking along to the conference meetings, whether it was chatting with people over lunch. That was really settling. That just gave me a lot of confidence. And it made me feel when it was time to go up and speak to a motion or it was time to go and ask somebody a question. I could do that and it was all fine. Absolutely. I, I, I didn't know who was going to be there necessarily. One or two people from our education sector I was aware of, but not, not necessarily everybody. And I was like you going, oh, I was on a, I did a training course with that guy. And I met that person on the GFTU Young Workers Weekend a couple of years ago or whatever it might be. So it was really good to see a load of people. And it just made you feel far more integrated, like you said. You know, I think it's easy for us to go, oh, we're the newbies to the union. And But actually, it's it's uh, became apparent how much we've already done together um, just over those couple of days. So, Caroline, thank you so much for joining us um, on the podcast today. It's given us a real insight, I think, into what it was like for a delegate uh, at the conference. And, and we really appreciate you uh, joining us on the podcast and hopefully you'll do so again one day in the future thank you so much 
At that conference, there was a number of emergency motions, and one of those was on the current dire um, and awful situation in Ukraine. Uh, so, Martin, before we go any further, do you want to outline what that motion was? Yes, thank you. So the education sector brought forward an emergency motion asking the conference to express to government in the strongest possible terms the union's opposition to the war and our full solidarity with and sympathy for all the people of Ukraine in this distressing time. We also took steps to express our concerns for nursery schools and colleges that might need extra funding. Members spoke about how the union could press government and political parties for additional support. And we expressed that we would continue to work with charitable and voluntary organisations who are supporting those who are affected by this war. In particular, Melinda Standring, who is an education sector member of NEC, spoke about her experiences of supporting a family from Ukraine to move to the UK for safety. And we can hear a little clip of her speaking at conference now. On the 12th of March this year, after a family conversation, we decided that we might be able to offer refuge to a small family from the Ukraine. After a few further lucky conversations with a colleague of a former colleague of my husband's and some bureaucracy, on the 15th of May, we welcomed Grandma Tanya, Mother Natasha and Sasha, who celebrated his ninth birthday on day four of safety. The picture you see... is day 11, a freedom all children should have, the freedom to laugh and run and fly a kite. It's an emotional journey. Yeah, so that was one of the more moving speeches we heard at conference, wasn't it, Martin? Yeah, and the photograph of the young child flying a kite whilst running across the beach was a particularly heart-stopping moment. It was indeed. So it's our pleasure to welcome uh, to the podcast Jessica Toll, who seconded Melinda's motion, uh, the emergency motion on Ukraine. So thanks for joining us, Jessica. Thanks for having me. I wondered if we could just start off with perhaps what was it that, that made you really want to speak on that motion in particular? Well, I was actually asked to second it and I was really pleased to have uh, been asked, actually, because my uh, professional background is in international development. Uh, I've worked on a number of different policy areas over the years, in, including early childhood development, and have volunteered before with various refugee organisations. So it was a nice coming together of a lot of strands of the work that I'd done in the past. Um, and I'm newly involved with Community Union. I'm part of their self-employed sector. So probably going on about two years now, but we've just set up our, our steering group. And, and so it was a nice way for me to contribute to the conference, contribute to the agenda and to have a say on something that was really important to me. So this was your first conference. Can you tell us a little bit about your, you know, how you found it, what you uh, felt uh, being, uh, being a part of it? Yes, it, it was my first conference and well, my first union conference. I'd been, I've been to Labour Party conference a number of times before. Uh, but my overwhelming feeling from being there is one of having been really inspired. And I think it's uh, it was really amazing to be surrounded by people from so many different industries from my own, from people from all over the country to hear about their various various experiences, but also to really see the commonalities that that there are. And as somebody who's self-employed, I've always felt a little bit out on a limb 
like there is there aren't very many people who share the same types of experiences that we have but I found the whole agenda all of the motions and for me that was just so eye-opening and, and, and such a positive agenda uh, and it was the first time I'd been back in Belfast in in 10 years and I'd actually worked there as a political advisor so it was really amazing to see how the city has developed and changed over that intervening decade. One of the things that we've been talking about, and I think we mentioned it with Caroline earlier on, was how all the different sections really seem to have quite significant crossover. And I suppose being a voice as we were in the past and being very, very focused on education, it was potentially even a bit of a surprise to us how much crossover there was between justice and we were talking to some teachers who work in prisons, uh, the self-employed section with some uh, education consultants who we met, um, and so on and so forth. Is that something that that you found and and did that surprise you in any way? Oh yeah absolutely it did and I think there's a common thread though of that a lot of our public services and and a lot of the work that happens around them have just been really decimated in the past 10-12 years and and that came out very strongly and you saw that in you know the poor working conditions that people in justice sector have to face and in the education sector have to face Um, So that for me uh, was a very eye-opening experience as well, being at the conference and and hearing about all of that. Moving forward then, what do you hope will come from this motion? Where do you see community taking this motion and and what uh, do you hope will be uh, uh, the outcome from it? Well, I think there are two things that I'm hoping for from from the motion. The first is the very sector-specific stuff. So uh, community union being a real a strong advocate for um, not only funding going into the education systems for refugees and supporting their education and opportunities to integrate from young children through to you know university students, um, but also because that's so important to our teachers and in our education system who are already feeling the crunch of lack of resources. Uh, you know, time overworked, large classes, etc. And that does a disservice both to the teachers and, and to the children who deserve a, a quality environment for, for their education, because it's such a foundation for the rest of their lives. The second thing uh, that I hope that will come out of the, the motion, and one of the things that I was really excited about is trade unions have such an internationalism at their core and extending a hand of solidarity beyond our borders is such an important part of that of that mission and, and that vision of of trade unionism so uh, the fact that the the motion supported more broadly extending refuge to anybody fleeing war and and throughout the conference people spoke about opposing this brutal and unnecessary war in Ukraine, I think that sends a very strong message and and one which I'm sure community will continue to hit home. Is there anything that you think you could say to community members um, who might never have attended conference that might encourage them to to get involved? I did have that moment before where I thought it might be intimidating because I didn't know anybody, um, but I did find everyone to be very welcoming. I found the sessions to be very interesting community union for me, uh, I joined because it's at the cutting edge of thinking about what the future of work looks like across all sectors. Um, I think there are lots of opportunities to to get involved with the union, uh, whether that be, as you've said, the conference or or attending your branch meetings or your section meetings, Mm -hmm. um, and to have an opportunity to make a real, have a real impact on the agenda that the, the union takes forward.
So thinking specifically about some of the education sector uh, motions, was there anything amongst those motions that surprised you or maybe brought to your attention an aspect of education that that you were not aware of? Well, yes, two things really stood out to me. The first was the experience of the the teacher, the teaching assistant who spoke, who talked about the impact of stretched resources on on her her wages, her earnings and the way that the, the school that she worked in was handling her joint balancing of teaching assistants and teaching. Um, which seemed incredibly unfair for her, given the amount of time, effort, work, education she is putting into that role. Um, and she, you know, she clearly loved the children and the subjects that she's teaching. Um, and the second thing was the motion about student loans. I'm probably one of the, and the, I sort of just squeezed in at university uh, without the sort of high fees and st- having access to a, to a really affordable loan uh, when I was at university. And it is shocking just how burdened students are now with with loans, and the their chances of repaying them are just have just fallen through the floor because of pressure on wage growth, because of the lack of opportunities that students have coming out of universities now. Um, and so there's a there's a sort of real reckoning point, I think, coming with student loans. Um, but it, there's also a wider question about what our further and higher education systems look like and how we encourage people to take up opportunities that are right for them. And, and that whatever path you choose, it has parity of esteem. Yeah, we spoke earlier uh, with Caroline about apprenticeships and the way that um, community obviously very much in support of apprenticeships but the way that education seems to have forgotten about apprenticeships for quite a long time and yet they provide such an important and valued route uh, to uh, higher qualifications for people who perhaps university um, study is not the most appropriate route and yet of course apprenticeships can also lead to universities and to further study as well and so that you know the fact that community are recognizing the importance of apprenticeships and have done so um you know uh, for for a long time is a, is a really significant thing for us in education as well yeah and i and i think one of the speakers on apprenticeships mentioned how it how it works on the continent particularly in places like germany where they are highly structured they are highly uh, esteemed ways into the workplace and you know, what an amazing way to gain experience and qualifications in a profession that you want to pursue. I think one of the best things uh, that Martin and I found came out of the um, the conference was kind of as we maybe touched on before that we got the opportunity to meet people like yourself and, um, and, and, and other delegates who kind of are sort of semi related to the education sector or have done work in it before um, or are quite passionate about it. And I think it's really um, it's really comforting for us knowing sort of the future of the union now that, that there are people uh, like you, like some of the other delegates we met, who um, we might be able to work with in the future with the education sector uh, um, to, to you know, take things forward in a slightly different direction than we might have been able to before. Um, so that's, I think, for us, one of the one of the highlights. So I really do thank you for um, for the time you've you've given us for the podcast. Yeah, th- th- thanks very much. My pleasure. Thank you both. It was a, it was really great to have the opportunity to talk about the motion and uh, and my experience of the conference. And that, unfortunately, is all we have time for this month. Thank you to all our contributors, uh, for people who've done interviews with us and those people we spoke to at conference. 
um, who supported the education sector and who we haven't been able to interview uh, on this podcast, unfortunately, just for time reasons. For more on the conference, join us next month when we'll be speaking to Dean Osgood on the issues of student loans, which is another of our motions raised at conference. You can follow us on social media, in particular on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also visit the website www.community-tu.org for news, shared content and resources, including the Help Centre, where you can find lots of information to help you and answer many questions that you might have. If you're a member and you need advice or casework support, please contact your regional officer, details of which are on the website, or call the duty officer on 01332. 372337. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share the Education Policy Podcast widely. And we'll see you next month on the Education Policy Podcast. <laughs>